like zoinks! Welcome to the very first episode of the Unmasked History of Scooby-Doo, the podcast where we delve into the mystery of Scooby-Doo media, getting clues from people who helped bring our favorite mystery-solving dog to life on various platforms, and maybe eating some Scooby snacks along the way. I'm your host, Alexa Lawler. Scooby-Doo, where are you? And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. Gang, we've just been handed our next mystery. Blasted meddling kids. Today, I'm super excited to share my interview with Rich Dickerson with you guys, who you may know from a certain Scooby-Doo theme song. But before we get started, I just want to introduce myself and why I wanted to start this podcast. My name's Alexa, and I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan and a bit of a collector. Ever since I was a kid, I would not only watch Scooby-Doo movies and episodes on repeat, but I would also watch the special features that included the making of specials with interviews with producers, directors, voice actors, etc. I was absolutely fascinated by these, and so when I got my degree in journalism and fell in love with interviewing people, I decided I wanted to start this podcast to get some behind-the-scenes info from people who worked on Scooby that may not have been featured on those specials, but especially for the more recent incarnations of Scooby, a lot of those features actually aren't being done anymore. But that's probably enough about me and the reasons why this podcast began. Uh, So without further ado, here's my interview with Rich Dickerson. Dickerson has quite an expansive songwriting catalog within the Scooby-Doo franchise, writing songs for Legend of the Vampire, Monster Mexico, but probably most notably writing the theme song and other music for What's New Scooby-Doo. Hey Rich, how's it going? Good, how are you? (laughs) Good, Uh, and I've got to say your songs are some of my personal favorites within the Scooby-Doo franchise, so it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Ah, thank you very much, that's uh, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Just to kick off here, if you're a game, I'd like to start with a bit of a three-question trivia game. Okay. First question, how many direct-to-video movies for Scooby-Doo have had full soundtrack albums released? I'll give you options here. A, one, B, two, or C, three. I'm going to say one. It's actually three. Really? Because one of the interesting things when... Were there any of them with my songs? No, there was one from The Witch's Ghost, uh, right. Alien Invaders, and then they actually released one with uh, mostly instrumental from WWE, Curse the Speed Demon. Yeah, because when I was doing it, I suggested that to the music department. I knew the woman really well at the music department, and I had done music supervision before that. I, had, uh, I was the music supervisor on Queen of the Damned, that movie, and I worked. I put the soundtrack together, so... I was like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did like Scooby-Doo, you know, you know, soundtrack. And it was kind of like a half-hearted, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they just never did it. And that actually answers one of my questions right off the bat. Uh, I'm really interested in Scooby-Doo music, and I would have loved to have like a What's New Scooby-Doo soundtrack, for example. But definitely like Legend of the Vampire, Monster of Mexico. So moving on to question two, true or false, What's New Scooby-Doo had 56 episodes across all three seasons. Oh, 56, maybe. 
I thought it was 52, but I'm going to say true. It's false. It was actually 42. Okay. I have the cue sheets, so I could look it up. But <laughs> <laughs> And last question. Uh, how many different versions of the What's New Scooby-Doo theme have been used within the franchise? A, 3, B, 5, or C, 2? I'm going to say 5. It was 3. Ah, damn, I suck at this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just found one. Just I don't even know how. But it's for a movie that might come out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, if you just, I don't know, you know, YouTube. This was like a real presentation for a movie that they're going to do. Oh, um, awesome. But then I found out that it was, it's something that's been in the works for a long time. Okay. But they had some guys singing it, you know, and the whole thing. A new, it was a version I never heard before. Interesting. Well, maybe I'll have to look that up because as I'm aware, there was just the Simple Plan original, the Ann Arbor version that they brought back a couple times, and then the Hex Girls. Yeah. To kick off the actual questions, uh, what's your relationship with Scooby-Doo? Did you grow up watching or had you never heard of it until you were told to write music for it? Oh, no, no. I, you know, I loved Scooby-Doo. You know, I, you know, I watched it. Well, you know, probably all of them. I mean, I'm much of a fan as anybody else. How it all came about was, I mean, if I'll tell you the story. It was, um, I was the head of music over at a company called Icebox.com. And I was doing theme songs and overseeing the music for uh, for some a bunch of their shows. And when Icebox went under, uh, Joel Kuwahara was... Uh, VP of production and he went over to Warner Brothers and he said hey he called me up one day and said hey I like what you were doing over the there and uh at Icebox so come over and meet some people at Warner Brothers so I went in just thinking it's a meet and greet and I went into a room and there was about five or six people there I you know just told them my story and they literally slid a cassette across the table and said well we're doing a new Scooby-Doo legend of the vampire uh movie you know do the music <laughs> and i was like Whoa. but that's what that's how it all got started so they liked what i did and i also wrote the songs in that and then right behind it they were doing monster in mexico and they were very happy with me so they put me on that and i got to write songs for that and then when what's new scooby-doo the show was about to happen which was pretty much right after monster um they you know they they put me on that also and then christopher keenan who's executive producer called me into his office one day and said hey you know i like the songs you've been writing um i want to have a new theme song and uh name of the show is going to be what's new scooby-doo and i want you to have first crack at it awesome yeah so after starting your career in a band called Crosswind, for those that don't know, uh, how did you end up moving over to working on movies and animation? Um, well, I, you know, I'm from Long Island, New York, and I played in a band and had a record deal for about five minutes with RCA. <laughs> it went away. And I had done enough. And I literally packed my car up with I had two guitars and an amp and some clothes and drove across the country. Uh, my bass player had moved to LA and said, come out here. And I did, and uh, really just started making my way. You know, I didn't want to do, I, I didn't want to be on the creative side at all. I wanted to work for like a record label, and 
publishing and and that's what I did. And I got into music supervision and, but I always wrote, you know, when you're a writer, you know, songwriter and composer, you're always writing. So eventually at, um, uh, Icebox was when there was just a moment where it was a last minute thing where the creator of one of the shows wanted a theme song for his show. And the show was going to air that, you know, night. <laughs> So I just wrote it just because it just wasn't time. And he liked it. And then another show asked me to write a song and then a show asked me to score the show. So it all, everything came full circle. And then when they went under, um, you know, Joel made that call to me and, uh, and it just put me right back in the creative side of writing music. Perfect. Was Legend of the Vampire your first experience with full length animation? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Icebox was three to four minute flash animated episodes. What was jumping into that like? Scary. <laughs> but but I, I think pretty quick on my feet. So uh, I can tell you the first music review of the first whatever, um, they, the, everybody was in the room, like, you know, a couple executives and producers and stuff. And they're pointing things out that I had missed because in animation, you have to hit everything, especially in Scooby-Doo. So if he blinks his eye, you got to hit like with a little triangle or, you know, you know what I mean? Every movement. I learned really fast that in animation, the music really supports the action that's on the screen. So I was very good at kind of just saying, oh, well, you know, this is just the first pass and, and we're, we're, you know, we just wanted to get you a feel of what the music's going to be like. There's so much more that we have to do. And they were all like, oh, OK, OK. And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I did not sleep for months, you know, because it was I'd never done it before, really, you know, Uh, but I I learned really fast and 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 they were very happy with me. So and you mentioned a bit of the difference, but uh, to elaborate, what are the differences between working on music for a live action film versus working on music for animation? Animation usually is wall to wall, not always, but it's wall to wall music, you know, because it's supporting, it's supporting the story, it's supporting the action, it's supporting the movements of the characters. Um, So, and live action, you're supporting the scenes, you know, you're supporting the mood, you're not supporting not not normally, you know. Um, you're not supporting the action of of the actor, you know. I mean, this is not written in stone. Like lots of, uh, you know, lots of these are different. You know, lots of shows call for different things now. But Scooby Doo is, you know, wall to wall music, and you know, four different genres of music in, in one episode. You know. It's, it's a lot more work, if you ask me, <laughs> but it's, more, it's a lot of fun too. Like no, no show is the same for me, fortunately. Definitely. Uh, so what is the writing process like when it comes to writing for animation? Um, well, usually we get an animatic, you know, I'll get an animatic and, uh, and uh, boy, people ask me this and, and well, for, first you'll sit down with, either the creator or the, you know, the producer, showrunner, whoever's running the show. And you discuss what they're looking for. And 
depending on who you're working with, they, they either have a very uh, strong idea of what they want or they don't know at all. And the whole point is to, you know, you're, you're coming from two opposite goalposts and you're trying to get to the midfield, right to the middle, you know, to where that happy place where everybody like, this is the music, you know, that we want. This is the style that we want. Yeah, for sure. So once you get to that point, then it really is, you know, you'll get an automatic, uh, do a uh, spot music spotting session with the director uh, as to where, you know, they want music or where you think you could put music or, or where they don't want music. And then really just kind of go from, you know, the beginning of the time code, you know, zero, 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 and just start score, scoring scenes and, you know, coming up with ideas. And are you constantly tweaking until the final cut of the episode is done? Or is there a moment when music finishes? Yeah, I I'm, I tweak <laughs> because, you know, when I go through it, it's like you, I could watch it a hundred times and, and think, oh, you know, there could be music there. Or, man, there's an extra snare drum hit that just shouldn't be there. You know, like the littlest things or, you know, adding a finger symbol you know, everything's done. And all of a sudden it's like, oh man, a, a finger symbol would be so good. A little ding right there would be so good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I do that. So. And one of the main things with Scooby-Doo is obviously the chase songs. What was it like getting to take a stab at those? That was the most fun I ever had because um, the first season they didn't, they just let me write them for the most part. You know, they didn't put any thought into like, oh, we could promote Warner Brothers bands, you know, here in this chase scene. Well, they they just let me write them. And so, you know, like songs like Hong Kong Holiday and things like that were just, just too much fun to write. Because, you know, Christopher Keenan asked me one day, he's like, Rich, how do you score the show and write the song? And I, I said, well, you know, we started zero, 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 and you go to how many minutes, and and then there's that one minute chase scene, and and so then I just switched to like I got to write a song, you know, whether it's gonna get away or whatever, you know, kind of what it's what's taking place in the, in the theme of the show. I said most of the time I do it in the shower. You know, <laughs> it was true. <laughs> I'm either driving or in the shower when I come up with the ideas for the songs. So. Were there ever any times where you wouldn't be writing the lyrics for those songs, or did you mainly write both the score and the lyrics? I usually write both. There were some instances where some of the writers wanted to write some of the Lindsay Pagano stuff. Uh, Jim Krieg was a is a great writer, and he was like, "Hey, you know, is it cool if I?" throw some lyrics together and I'll, I'm very happy to uh, co-write and, you know, collaborate. So I did that with him. I don't know about any, I mean, I've done it with on other shows with people and I'm always happy to do it. It's, it's fun working with somebody, but for the most part, Scooby, it was just me, you know, just writing lyrics and just sitting with my guitar or the piano and just writing the song right there. And do you have a process of uh, writing music first or lyrics first, or does it all kind of come together? It's it's either or. There's no, you know, no set way for me. 
When you were working on Scooby, did you have complete freedom to write anything you thought fit within the episode or the movie that you were working on? Or were there specific parameters that you needed to follow? Not really. It was pretty wild, wild west, you know? It was, uh, you know, I was working with Chuck Sheets on on the, the series and Scott Gerald's on, on the movies. And, you know, I, it, it's really what I love about animation is that, you know, a lot, everybody respects everybody's else's, I don't know, abilities, you know, and they respected mine. And, you know, if they didn't like something, they would tell me, you know, like, ah, I can take another pass at this or something. But I don't, I don't really have a memory of anybody's ever saying, can you write something different? They, they liked everything I did for that. How hard is it to write a song that fits within the theme or tone of the episode or movie that you were working on? I, this is another question people ask me and, and it's, you know, I don't want to make it sound so easy, but it's, I just look at it. You know, I can look at a one sheet, you know, like if a show is going to be developed and they'll, and, and uh, they, they want to have a theme song. Right. And I'll say, just send me a one sheet with all the information and any artwork that you have. And for whatever reason, you know, I can just look at it and go, and then something pops into my head, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this would be good. <laughs> and then I just write it. But, uh, you know, I, I base, lyrically, I base it off of, you know, what the, what the, the story's about, you know, as far as what Scooby-Doo um, or like I said, for any shows that are being developed, I'll, I'll read the one sheet and they'll, they'll give you sort of what the log line is of the show and uh, character you know, descriptions and I'll create lyrics out of that. How far does it push your songwriting skills when at one point you're writing songs about running away from vampires in Australia for Legend of the Vampire to you know, road tripping to Mexico and Monster of Mexico to all the various storylines and what's new Scooby-Doo episodes? Um, I... I, I think about that. And um, when I was a kid, like radio was, you know, in the, in the car, it played everything. And my parents didn't, they were not musical, but they, they loved, you know, records and the radio, but they had no, they, they had no genre that they were, you know, that they, that they stuck to. So I was, I grew up just listening to everything all over the map. I mean, everything. So I think that's what helps me, you know, when it comes to, oh, I have to write a Scooby-Doo. Like I, I have a new project coming up and it's all very pop. You know, it's going to be pop type songs and there's going to be a lot of them. And uh, I, was, I was doing a Zoom meeting this morning and I said, yeah, I got to start getting in my head back into that world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So you had mentioned uh, being interested in a soundtrack for the Scooby-Doo projects that you had worked on. Um, would you be interested in doing something like that now if the opportunity came up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. But they don't, there's, you know, there's a whole, there's been a new re regime over there at Warner Brothers. And I've, I've, you know, all the people that I worked for and that kept me, you know, put me on everything and some Tom and Jerry stuff and some Firehouse Tales and things uh, they all got fired. Like there was a clean sweep. Uh, I don't know how that all works, but you know, board of directors or whatever, 
they, they let everybody go. And they were all the people that, all the producers that, you know, kept me on. And the new people that came in um, pretty much just said, well, we have our own people, so I, I haven't been back there. <laughs> I'd like to, but they, you know, they haven't reached out to me. If the opportunity arose to work for Scooby specifically again, would you hop on that? Oh, in a heartbeat. It's, it's you know, it's a great, great show. What are the um, benefits and most fun things about writing for a Scooby-Doo episode or movie? Um, that's a good question. I, I guess the, uh, the subject matter, you know, like, um, you know, Hong Kong holiday or, you know, you got something like that or, um, you know, you're all over the map. And that's like the notes from Warner Brothers as far as scoring the show, when we, when I first started, they said, we want to be able to close our eyes and know that, you know, the gang are in Russia or they're in Mexico or they're in Japan, you know, because they travel all over. So incorporate those instruments into the score, um, which made it a lot of fun to work on. So that, that goes hand in hand with the, the, the songs also. And that's what the fun part was, was, like, you know, all the pirates sing, you know, it's one of my favorite songs. And in contrast, what are maybe the challenges or difficulties in writing for Scooby-Doo? To be honest, I don't, I'm trying to think of, of, it was, it was a great, I don't know, three to four year run. And it was, there, there wasn't really any. To, to be honest, I mean, the people I worked with were great. You know, Chuck was great. Scott was great. Marge, you know, everybody was great. Um, and, and you know, the notes were so minimal, you know. I, I remember we would start and there would be, I don't know, seven, eight, you know, executives or producers in the room, you know, reviewing the music. And then by episode three, there were, you know, two and one of them said you guys got this so i don't have to come anymore <laughs> you, know, was, you know so i didn't to be honest i didn't have many challenges at all in that show awesome that's a probably pretty a good vote of confidence there <laughs> moving more to chat about what's new scooby-doo uh, when it came to writing the theme song were you aware at the time you were writing who would be performing it no but i'll tell you some good stories about that song so as a writer, like I had said before, you're always writing, you know, you just come up with ideas and you're writing. And, and I had written, you know, I, I wrote this chorus that I thought was the best thing I ever wrote. So catchy, right? And the, the lyrics were very different as, uh, uh, when I'm talking to myself, there's you and no one else, and all my colors turn to blue. When the daisy petals fall, there's nothing left at all. I'll remember you, right? And I was like, man, this is so good. And if I could finish this, maybe I could get it to like Blink-182 or somebody like that, you know? And I yeah. could never really come up with a verse for it. I was never, could never finish a verse that I was happy with. So Christopher calls me into his office one day and he said, like I said, he says, I want to give you first crack at it. The name of the show is What's New Scooby-Doo. And immediately that went right into that melody that I had for that song. By the time I got to my car in the parking garage, I had the whole song written in my head. Then I went 
back to my studio, sat on the couch, wrote out the lyrics, wrote the chorus, um, the verse, came up with good verse chords and melody. And, and I was like, oh, I put that song together in a half hour, you know? That's amazing. It, it really, and sent it back to Christopher by the end of the day. And I had to use a messenger because you couldn't share files then. And he calls me, he's like, I have no idea how you did this so fast. He goes, but I love it. He goes, I love it. He goes, it's going to have to pass a few committees, but he goes, I, I love it. So as it was going through the, you know, whatever the channels at Warner Brothers, at one point, the uh, woman that was head of the music department said, hey, we're going to get Tom Jones to sing this. And I was like, okay, you know, so we need like a version, you know, with horns and stuff for Tom Jones. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Now, with, my mom was a huge Tom Jones fan. So I knew, you know, what the horn should sound like and everything. So I did it. I put it and and I sang the sort of scratch vocal and I did it in a, you know, goofy kind of Tom Jones way and sent it over. And, and they were like, hey, this is great. We're going to get Tom and all that. And I was disappointed because I did write it as a blink kind of song. And I don't know, it was like only a few weeks before uh, the show was going to air. They called and they said, hey, we're, we're, we have a Warner Brothers band, uh, Simple Plan, and they're in Canada and they're going to do it. And I was like, great. And uh, I was very adamant that they do it exactly the way that I wrote it because, you know, in all the same harmonies and everything. And... I said, you know, I will fly myself there. I'll, I'll put myself up just, you know, just so I can just be there. And they were like, no, you know, and she, the, the woman in charge of music, she said, I'll be there. She goes, Rich, if there's anything, you know, wrong at all, she goes, I'll call you and I'll get you up here. And when they returned it, when they did it, it was, uh, it was exactly how I'd done on the, uh, you know, the demo. That's perfect. And I never got to meet them. And a few years ago, a friend of mine, he's a music publisher, and he said, hey, Simple Plan's playing over at uh, the Troubadour. You want to go? I was like, yes. So, uh, you know, we're at the back of the Troubadour and just watching. I, I didn't expect them to play the song. And all of a sudden, they started playing the song. And they said, hey, you know. And, and I got choked up, you know. And so, because uh, it was really cool. And then I got to meet them afterwards and uh, I got to know the guitar player pretty well. So, What was it like to watch them be playing your song live? It, 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 it was the same as when I first watched the first episode on TV because it was the biggest thing I'd ever done, you know? And, I, you know, I struggled in band, you know, my band and just, you know, my parents were always very supportive of me and... You know, I, I did it probably longer than I should have been doing it. And it was that morning watching the, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. And I kept thinking that they're going to replace it. You know, at some point, I just didn't believe it. I thought, not until I'm watching it on TV am I going to believe it. And I sat there with, you know, Cocoa Puffs and the whole thing. And and I just started crying because uh, I thought of my um, about my parents, you know, like, uh, you know, it kind of gave it validation for me working so hard for so long. And it was the same type of thing. It was like, wow, this, this is playing, 
you know, because I was in a band like that. For, and it was so great to see it like live, you know. So definitely. Yeah. And uh, really, the What's New Scooby-Doo theme song has become such a fan favorite, and it's up there and even surpasses the original Where Are You theme song in some people's rankings. Did you ever imagine that it would get that kind of reaction when you first wrote it? Well, that, that's news to me right now, <laughs> to be honest. No, I didn't. Um, I've had two weird instances with Ubers. Um, I got an Uber... Well, the one I can, um, I got an Uber and the guy just starts singing it, you know? And I said, what, why are you singing that song? And he goes, oh, when I was a kid, he goes, that was my favorite song. He goes, my favorite show. And so I said, I wrote that song. <laughs> really? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And there was another, another Uber thing that was similar. So those were the only two, like, you know, I mean, some people really, you know, I don't know. I don't, you know, like I, I, I'm really happy and thrilled and, and it's, you know, kind of, you know, gives me meaning to my life. You know, I did that. That was one thing, you know, I've written a lot of other things, but none as famous as that. And, uh, so, you know, I, I definitely feel like, you know, I, I contributed a little bit, you know, making kids, you know, happy. And, you know, being behind the scenes in the music department, you maybe don't get as much, you know, fame and glory from that. But uh, do you get the the amount of pride that you can be in an Uber and be like, oh, I wrote that song that you're humming right now? Yeah, because well, you, you don't think, you know, you don't think about it. Uh, but so it's always like a surprise. You know, I don't think, oh, you know, I wrote the Scooby-Doo song, you know, <laughs> because I'm always looking for the next gig. You know, I'm always looking for the next show and the and you know, trying to keep the career going. So, uh, so you just, you just don't think about it, you know? And so that, those are reminders and it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And was there more pressure writing that theme song than there was for, you know, writing the chase songs for within an episode? No. Cause like I said, I did it. I, by the time I got to the parking garage, I had the whole song written in my head. It was that fast. And those are always the best songs as a songwriter, anything that I, that I've written that, you know, is, uh, that I, I, that I consider really good is when I think about it, it's always the ones that I wrote quickly. Well, I can certainly say it's one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> good. <laughs> At the time, what's new Scooby-Doo especially was using a lot of songs that would kind of fall into the, you know, pop punk, pop rock, punk rock genre. Yeah. Uh, obviously some simple plan songs used as chase songs and Ramones as well. Uh, yeah. When it came to the songs that you were writing, were you asked to write songs that kind of fit within that genre or is that just something that kind of happened on some of them? Um, it was just the way the show was. And it, it, it's, you know, one of my strongest, you know, it's, that's my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I write. I mean, I've written, you know, a lot of, girl pop songs for Disney's next big thing or um, twinkle toes or, you know, a lot of, I've done a lot of, or a lot of preschool stuff, but that is where, you know, my, that that's where I'm strongest, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And, and also like Chuck Sheets, that was his, like he chose all of those Ramones and all those other songs. 
Um, so he had that sensibility also. So we got on really well. Okay. And in addition to writing a lot of those songs, you also performed quite a few of them as well. Uh, did you have a choice on which ones you got to perform yourself and maybe which ones other people were brought in? That's funny because um, when I was in a band, I was a singer. And so I, but, but I would just do them as scratch vocals. You know what I mean? I would, I would do my best, but it was always, you know, you, you lay that down and then they're going to bring somebody else in to do it, or I'm going to get somebody to do it. But sometimes they would never, they would just say, no, this is fine. It's good. So that, that's kind of cool too. Like when I hear some of them, especially ones I've forgotten and it's like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> what was it like to, you know, maybe be watching an episode or something and actually hear your voice? Yeah, that's, that was a big thrill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cause you know, I never thought I'd be doing this. You know, I never thought I'd work in animation or even you know, less work on Scooby-Doo. You know, I, I was just a songwriter. Like I said, you know, writing, th hoping that maybe, you know, Blink-182 or, you know, whoever, you know, would, would you know, sing, a, do one of my songs. But I never, ever thought I'd be in animation. And I, and I love it. Uh, you know, I loved it from day one. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and it's the people, too. You know, I worked in live action. I work in and I've worked in animation and I can tell you that the difference is uh, the people, you know, people are a lot of fun to work with in animation. And were all the songs that you had written for the show or for movie for the movies used or were there any that didn't actually end up making it? Yeah, there's probably a couple that didn't make it or no, you, you know what it was? The, the pirate song. Um, I don't, it, that's, that's on a, a DVD, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that was supposed to be in an episode, I believe. And for some reason, it, it was a mistake they made somewhere along the line because they, they told me, they're like, oh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. It was some kind of mistake. But they said, we, we promise you, we'll get it into, uh, into something. And so then they put it in that. And it's one of my, it, you know, I think I said it before, it's, it's one of my favorite Scooby-Doo songs. Oh, really? That's awesome yeah. that they made the effort to actually get it in something. Yeah, they were all great. Like I said, you know, everybody was great to work with over there. I'm sure you probably have the same answer for this one, but uh, what was your favorite song that you've written for the Scooby franchise? Well, it has to be What's New Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you know. Definitely. Yeah. After working on Scooby and also being a Scooby-Doo fan growing up on it, uh, what's your favorite Scooby-Doo memory? Is it from watching it as a kid or is it from working on it? Oh, definitely from working on it. Um, because, you know, writing the music, you're one of the last in line in the, in the production, you know? Um, so, and, and, you know, you're not in the building, you're in your own studio. So you don't get to see a lot of people, especially, you know, when it, you've been doing it for a while and, and it's just you and the director and, um, you know, you don't see a lot of the other people unless there's a rap party or the Christmas party or something. But I do remember um, a producer coming up to me, somebody who I, you know, never met. And it was at, I think, the, uh, 
was it a bowling party? <laughs> I remember that. And no, you know, I didn't know anybody. So I'm not really talking to people. And he went out of his way to come up and say, hey, you know, I love the music on the show. I absolutely love it. And he had nothing to do with the show. And it I just, that, that meant a lot to me that some, you know, here's an executive coming up to me, going out of his way to, you know, to recognize the music. What was it like going from growing up on a show to working on it and a show that such has such a big reputation? I was too scared to think about it, you know? I mean, really did not... All those years from, you know, Legend of the Vampire all the way through What's New Scooby-Doo, you're so consumed, you know? You're, you're not... It's weird. You're not sleeping... You're not, you're, you're completely consumed in the show, which I absolutely love. I, I don't have hobbies, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I, I live and breathe this stuff. So, it, you know, I, you, you don't have time to think about it until, you know, like, like I said, when it came on for the first time and I sat there and I watched it, you know, all those emotions came up. And last question, moving a little bit more broadly, uh, why do you think that a cartoon series about a talking dog solving mysteries with his friends has been able to have so much staying power throughout various incarnations across 50 years now? Uh, one of the uh, explanations, I forget who it was, a producer told me, that the reason the show has legs and staying power is because kids can watch it because they know, even though it can be scary, they know at the end when they unmask that villain that it's going to be, it's not going to be a monster. It's going to be a person. So definitely, you know, it's, there's something about that, that, that gives, gives the show legs. Plus, you know, the, the, you know, all great shows have great writers, you know, and and also the great VO actors on this show, and and you have to have great writing for a successful show. I I, I always uh, think that, and Scooby Doo always had great writers. That covers all of my questions. Is there anything else you wanted to add at all? I'm trying to think with Scooby Doo. I mean, it, like I said, it was the the best time of my life. I've you know, um, it was the most work I ever did, but it was uh, you know, it was just nonstop, no sleep. Uh, and also it was the best group of people that I got to work with, you know, it was just wonderful. You know, the whole, from the executive producers all the way down, it was just a great, great bunch of people. And, uh, it was just a lot of fun. You know, I really, you know, I really love it. And I'm always, you know, hoping to, to do another Scooby thing at some point, but it was my favorite time of my life. So just before we end, do you have any recent projects that you'd like to promote or any social media channels or websites or anything where people can uh, follow what you're up to? Um, well, I can tell you a couple of the things that I've been doing. Um, there's a new show that'll come out. I guess I can say it. It's, um, I don't know if I can say it. Maybe I shouldn't. But, but it's with the same. So I did a show called Tasty Tales of the Food Truckers. And I don't, it plays internationally. Uh, you'd have to Google and see if you could find it. But uh, it, I was working with Dan Clark and uh, 
Oscar Colbert, and they're great. And they have a new show that I'm working on, uh, which is really good. But I, I think I might have signed an NDA, so I can't say what it is. Um, I'm do I'm going to start finishing up the second season of Rainbow Rangers. Uh, I'm, I did Peking Duckling. I, I did a show called Shark Dog. It was a bunch, it was shorts for Shark Dog. It was Nickelodeon UK. And now they're going to develop it into a, uh, um, well that, that was one of my, my favorite shows. Club Penguin I did. Uh, I did, just did a show for an Irish uh, animation company called Urban Tales, which is really good. I did Peking Duckling, which was a lot of fun. I just did Purple Turtle uh, for another Irish company. Um, so those are the those are the things that I've been doing recently. Sounds like you're fairly busy most of the time. Yeah, never busy enough, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't use an agent or anything like that. I do all my own networking. I do. You know, I just I've just been in it long enough, so I I just kind of do all that myself. So it's a constant um, you know job of trying to bring in the next you know shows, and so I stay very busy. But um, you know, you're always looking for that next Scooby Doo. I think that covers everything. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Rich. No, oh, thanks for reaching out. These things are always surprised to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> concludes today's episode. Another huge thank you to Rich Dickerson for being on the show and also for sending me some really cool behind the scenes photos. So if you want to see the lyric sheet for What's New Scooby-Doo or a photo of the guitar the What's New Scooby-Doo theme was written on, be sure to check at UnmaskedSD on Twitter, at UnmaskedSDPodcast on Instagram, or at UnmaskedSDPodcast.com. If you like this episode and want to hear more, also make sure to check those social media channels or the website. And if you want to follow Rich, he's on Instagram at richmusic or at richdickerson.com. Thanks for listening and keep an ear out for the next episode. Scooby-Dooby-Doo!